Ernie in Palo Alto. Hi, Dr. Ernie. It's Brandon Napoli. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. I am really excited to hear your story. Uh, the way we usually do these is that we, the first half is we just kind of get some background about you, and the second we dive deeper into your passion to help people understand what it is and, and how you've been getting there and working it out. Okay? I gotcha. All right. The first three questions are, where were you born? What did you study? How did you end up here? Hmm. So I grew up in a in a small rural town, I, I guess you could say, uh, called Los Osos, outside of San Luis Obispo in California. Um, and I and I lived there for tw- 20 years, so I uh, moved away to go pursue college. Um, and at first, I actually wanted to um, pursue biblical studies, uh, and uh, I wanted to be a pastor. And um, and so I only applied to Christian schools, and I got into several different Christian schools, and um, you know, once I got in, I, I felt um, a need. Uh, someone told me that um, what the world needed was more people that had a heart of a pastor and a mind of a businessman. And so I ended up, um, you know, looking and, and seeing that uh, my heart was definitely in pastoral studies, but my mind was need to be in something that I felt like um, could just understand how uh, uh, business operated. And so I ended up finding a unique major at the time called International Development Studies that focused on uh, using tools of business and uh, pastoral uh, uh, leadership to try to alleviate poverty, especially in developing countries. And so I ended up studying that down at Point Loma Nazarene University. Um, And then, interesting enough, uh, circling back a couple years later and pursuing my my MBA down there as well. Um, And... uh, and that's, you know, led me down a really interesting path of um, trying to uh, um, please God and find meaning and purpose um, through uh, using the tools of business um, and, um, and bringing, bringing peace and, and justice. And so um, specifically what that looked like was I had a professor at the time who um, really stood out to me um, to not be a typical professor I had had that was, you know, honestly intelligent and, and had a PhD in book smart, but this professor had, you know, decades of experience and brought that into the classroom and connected his students to the world and, and how they could apply their skills and um, really, you know, was, a, 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 you know, sent his students out into the world and in a sense, like, you know, was a disciple maker. And, um, and it kind of planted a seed in me that, that that's something that I would love to do at some days is to um, to be a professor. Um, but specifically, what he taught was microfinance. And at the time, this was um, about uh, 15 years ago. Muhammad Yunus uh, it just uh, was just about to win the Nobel Peace Prize, and so it was a buzzword. And I ended up getting myself involved into um, you know that industry of making small loans to empower. Uh, entrepreneurs into um, creating businesses that would uh, benefit uh, themselves and give their um, give them a uh, you know a hand up instead of a handout is what we would say um, and so that that's what I've been doing over the last ten years at different capacities um, and actually uh, somewhat overseas but also um, in the United States uh, throughout San Diego New York and then uh, Los Angeles and then I ended up coming out. To San Francisco, um, 
with uh, with the understanding that I was going to continue to kind of work at that work. Um, that goes along with a, a faith journey as well. Um, that I end up deciding to make a move to San Francisco, not based upon work, um, but really based upon trying to make a kingdom first move in my life. And so um, after being in New York for a while, uh, I had um, reconnected with a friend from college, uh, another rugby player, and he had created this intentional uh, Christian community here in, in um, Silicon Valley and, and wanted me to try to participate into you know, thinking how to, uh, you know, live differently together in a way that would reimagine the church. Um, and we ended up attending this uh, Christian conference called Com- Compassion um, Conference. And, and it talked about all the things the church was, you know, trying to do. And I, I saw that the heart of the church was in it, but that, you know, there could be some more um, just a, a need for a business mindset to help the church fulfill its uh, ministry and and, um, and scale the ministry. So I ended up saying yes, uh, and this was about a year ago, and without understanding the implications to my work, uh, decided I'm going to move to San Francisco and, 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 and just do this, um, live on church property, uh, and, and really think, you know, how, how I can be a benefit to reimagine what the church is uh, in, in this time period. So I made that move, and, and then I guess the kind of conclude the long story uh, halfway across the country um, the CEO who I had made the agreement with resigned after 17 years um, and two days before I got here um, the company uh, a COO called me and said the company has experienced significant cash flow issues there's some uh, some larger issues going on and they weren't going to be able to open up the office that they they told me they would um, and so I had three options I could either move back to New York and, and pretend like I never made this commitment to, um, to God. Um, or I could stay and take a substantial pay decrease, or I could take a layoff. And I ended up taking the layout, layoff and uh, fully investing my time this last year in, into just trying to be a servant um, in this journey of reimagining the church. Wow. So... Uh, so that was a year ago that you kind of took the plunge. <laughs> that's right. Now, yeah, and that's that's from the last years to what would you, how would you describe your passion today? Yeah, so the passion is an interesting word. You know, I think like typical passion is something that's looked at as a something emotional, but it, you know, even if you Google search it, you find that it's you know, there's a, a sense of being a martyr associated with a passion too. Um, and so when I think of, you know, my, my passion and, and by far, like when you decide to, you know, uh, you have like a, a significant life uh, moment and, and, and leaving the company and deciding to maybe switch careers and things like that. Um, it took me several months to, to, I think, understand what that was and kind of get through some baggage. And, and, and so through like, <laughs> working with my hands for about six months on landscaping, I, you know, I think I, I finally got to the point of understanding um, a little bit more of my true self and that passion of first, um, you know, wanting just to lose myself in God and, and pursue and try to please and, and, and enjoy um, the, re- the relationship um, of being a son of, of God. 
And so that was definitely a passion of, of how to incorporate that uh, into a church that, you know, I, I knew had a lot of issues, but had, you know, had really shaped and molded me really well through my life and, and kept me on a better track than, than I would have been if I had not been in a church. Um, and so I, ha- I had a, a, you know, a deep passion just to, you know, um, for the church uh, uh, as it is and, and as it, I think it, it, it is called to be. Um, and the other passion I really had was I, I really loved my work um, doing microfinance uh, and not always the, the, obviously the transactional side, but the transformational side of, of serving my customer. And the customer was these entrepreneurs, those that had put everything on the line to just try to make a, a better life for themselves, for their family, um, to benefit their community. And, and there's obviously some that don't, but the majority that I worked with were, you know, um, extremely faith-driven people. A lot of times their faith wasn't in, in God, but they, they're definitely extremely hardworking. And I just had a, a huge heart for just wanting to um, come alongside them. And so um, I, I guess the final, you know, kind of piece of that was it, 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 trying to think of a way, can those two passions coexist? Um, together in in a way that's um, not like cohabitation, but can they be symbiotic? Um, can they actually benefit each other and um, and uh, and synergize? And 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 that's you know really what's driving me today. All right, great. I want to uh, dive in a bit more, but one thing I want to do: one of the goals of this podcast is to really help people find their passion. And one of the things you mentioned was that you went through this you know, I guess, wilderness experience of uh, kind of doing manual labor. And it helped you work through some baggage. And I think that, you know, we often gloss over those pieces, but often that's the most, um, that's usually where people get stuck in finding their passion. I was just listening to an Andy Stanley podcast about finding your purpose. And a big part of that he talks about is getting over yourself and realizing that this is bigger than you and you have to grow and change and evolve in order to really live that out. So to whatever extent, and you alluded to a little bit, but could you share what are some of the baggages that uh, you had to kind of work through to get to this place? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think a, a big part of it is, is a, an, an achiever mindset of what success looks like. And, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, I'd made the move out to New York, um, really to accelerate, you know, my prestige and my field. And, um, and so uh, that was a, a good p- a component it was who was I working for? You know, what, um, at the end of the day, um, you know, fast forward 20 years and, you know, up a couple more rings and, and, and would I be at a place of, you know, of, of, of peace and, and betterment? And, and the answer was, was no. Um, and uh, and I was thankful that I kind of saw that um, without going through the 20 years of experience, but definitely a, a sense of needing to achieve, of, of needing to see um, something be um, uh, produced by my my own um, my own works, um, and uh, and not really understanding that there is a, a larger current to to be a part of and um, a, a pattern to be woven into. Um, I think um, another part of the baggage was just how um, work was done in the culture that I'd been brought into where uh, it, it was really fear-driven um, and, um, you know, like you, you knew that uh, uh, that if you, if you wanted to get, get ahead that you 
need to use whatever means necessary um, in, in order to uh, ensure that goals were hit and um, and, that, and that you look good and that you were and that you were loved by uh, upper management. Um, and so that you know became you know really um, uh, just corrupted my understanding of self and and self worth and and how to how to lead instead of um in, instead of being a shepherd uh and uh, you know i became i started to kind of being influenced by this idea of being more like a king saul um and, and so that that was also some baggage i still deal with um and and i, I think maybe the, the the last thing was uh and this is something i i still try to understand is just um just uh feeling um a, a sense of um uh worthiness um and being enough um and, and how that comes around and 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 how uh you know it, it i guess the baggage in that was um looking to, to others for those answers um and and um so yeah th those are some of the baggages i brought in Wow, thank you for your vulnerability and your honesty. Uh, I think that really ties into a lot of the themes we've been discussing. And um, I think there's a lot of people, you know, especially people who are passionate and motivated and driven to try and do good in the world, we can fall into those same traps. Uh, another uh, Andy Stanley quote that I was just listening to is that if our purpose is not bigger than ourselves, we make ourselves or our organization the end and everything else becomes means. And a healthy purpose is one where you are called to something bigger than yourself as the true end, and everything else becomes a means to that, including yourself and your organization. And, you know, I think that what you're trying to do with, you know, serving the church and serving entrepreneurs, um, as we've talked about, it's not about just making, you know, the business or the church the end, but making them into means to something bigger. Mm. And so I think that's a good place to segue to your, your passion talk. Uh, we met through the Passion Talks conference in August of this year, uh, which I guess now is last month. And like, how do you see those passions coming together? Or how do you imagine them coming together? Yeah, I mean, what, what, what a blessing um, to, to be, uh, I guess, in a way, I'd, I'd say put on stage. I'm, I'm kind of a Jonah in my personality where I kind of, constantly like um just, you know kind of trying to get away from from things and and uh until god just captures me and puts me on the stage and um and, and so you know i had to say give a little shout out to passion talks that it, to me it really helped to articulate and formulate um the this uh this idea of where the church and entrepreneurship could come together um, in, a, in a way that I would say, like, uh, it was became an idea worth spreading. Um, so, uh, yeah, be, being here, and, and I guess, you know, the last thing on the, on the baggage, I think one of the lessons I'm learning now is just it, it kind of boils down to how can I help and I need help um, is what I'm learning um, now. It's just, a, just a, a great way of just getting getting to a point of, of, of meekness in that. Um, and, and, and through that um, servant spirit, I, um, I I really came to try to think of what 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 is something that um, that's that's missing here that the, the church could benefit and entrepreneurs could benefit and they could benefit each other. 
Um, and, and I really saw that, you know, the, the church uh, it continues to decline in, in membership in many ways, um, and, and for a variety of reasons. But I think one is it's, it's, um, it's perceived ability to connect to the needs and nature of the changing community around it, that, uh, that the community, as we're a part of, it's just the world is changing very, very quickly, and, and the church is kind of um, structured not to change much. Uh, and, and and so how, like there's a disconnect happening there and um and and then with entrepreneurs you know I, I see these entrepreneurs are struggling just to keep up with again with where the world is going and and the rising costs in some ways of, of starting a company in regards to the time it takes or maybe the resources and um and and also the benefits of potentially just working elsewhere if you're if you're really gifted and you can actually start a company you could you could definitely you know get a good job somewhere else and, and not have to worry about payroll not have to worry about um you know are you going to be able to kill something so you can eat it i guess so to speak um and and, and so I, I thought well maybe maybe the church can offer the entrepreneurs a, a ability of, of finding finding rest finding inspiration um, through offering an actual space to them. Um, and maybe entrepreneurs can help the church think a little differently about fulfilling its, its mission and, uh, and, and, and scaling its ministry impact. And, and so this, 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 uh, this name, I don't think I coined, but the entrepreneurial church kind of came out of that. Um, and, and through that, I also thought, you know, like the, the church, this, there's this faith and work movement that's, that's starting to speak a lot into the the, the workplace and, and our um, our role as as believers to to um, you know work in, in a faithful way. But I think the the, the 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 idea of being a disciple is not just the belief but the model of the way. And and so I, I thought you know the, the church really needs to move forward in, in creating models, helping to create models. And um, and part of that is, is you know, what, what should be produced from those models. And I think you might have mentioned this, but um, a lot of times I see church pastors being really focused on just faithfulness. Um, and, and there's some like Andy Stanley that, you know, I think are, you know, built on more than just being faithful, but uh, thinking of the idea of being successful, too. Um, and, and that's where entrepreneurs come in is just always thinking about, you know, success and bottom line. And, and so you have pastors are thinking, well, as long as we just preach the gospel, you know, I, I can't be held accountable kind of a thing. And, and, I, and I think that kind of doesn't fully capture the, the, the calling that we have as, as disciples, which is to be fruitful, that Jesus, you know, really provides for us uh, the means to, um, to be fruitful with our labor and to, and to bear much fruit and to have the fruit of the Spirit. And so um, I, I think entrepreneurs and, and pastors could actually really move forward together towards fruitfulness and beyond just the idea of success um, and, uh, and faithfulness. Um, and so uh, I guess where the rubber hits the road with that is uh, there's also a trend of creating these co-working spaces that there's, you know, the gig economy, that there's, you know, uh, increase in the amount of people that are working remotely and, um, and, and that are really lonely. And I had, when I was in LA for several years, my roommate who was a Christian, you know, he worked uh, as a programmer from his home and he de dealt with a lot with depression and loneliness. And I just felt like he didn't have a place. And, and now he works at a WeWork. But, um, I, you know, I feel like there's, there's, there's this idea, this opportunity that the church could actually be a place beyond just Sunday mornings, but, you know, be a place that would receive um, the laborers to go, you know, that are in the harvest, that want to be in the harvest uh, throughout the week. 
um, and, and really co-labor with them and to be, help them become co-creators in uh, the renewing of all things and, and, and bringing this idea of, of, of shalom to our communities. So um, where the model really is, you know, focused on now is creating a co-working space, um, potentially even like an incubator space filled with mentors, uh, but, but something that would, again, um, create, help to create a model of what faith, of, of what, as we said, working faith really could look like. Oh, that is fantastic. Uh, I was thinking as you shared that, you know, churches tend to be really strong on community and really weak on risk-taking. Mm. And entrepreneurs tend to be really strong on risk-taking <laughs> and, and really trying to have a maximum impact. But really starve for community. Mm. <laughs> and I, I also like your phrase is that you don't want to, you don't want to have just cohabitation. And of mm. course the opposite of cohabitation is marriage. Mm. Mm. Right. And, uh, there's a, uh, uh, I was studying organizational change a while ago and I said, I realized, you know, you can change your values by joining a new community, right? When you become part of a community, you tend to implicitly, like you mentioned at your job, you end up implicitly adopting, you know, for the most part, the values of the community you join. Uh, but deeper than your values is sort of your DNA, mm. right? You know, organizations have a certain DNA that they were founded with, which, you know, um, and individuals too. And I said, well, you know, the only way to change your DNA is to get married and have kids. Mm. And in some ways, I think that that's, you know, the big picture of what I see you trying to do is really changing the DNA of the church or of the body of Christ more generally, right? Mm -hmm. You want to basically take all the wonderful things about the church uh, that the world is sorely lacking and the business world in particular, uh, but then marry that with that drive, that passion, that vision. And, you know, to stereotype a little bit, it's, you know, the church has a lot of the feminine values, community, relationship, continuity, stability, and entrepreneurship tends to have a lot of the masculine values of risk, aggressiveness, mm. uh, conquest, dominion, and things like that. In some ways, we need to sort of remarry those back together mm. and uh, you know, really try to create a new picture in, as well as new institutions and culture and maybe even new theology around what it means mm. to really be the fullness of the body of Christ. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Uh, that's that's really well really well said, and and um, and and I, and I, I appreciate that. I, I think I've again maybe going back to Stanley, realized that, you know, this is bigger than me, and and I, I you know I'm I, you know I, I feel like I'm watering the ground of the church to help it being receptive to the idea, but it really takes um, you know a, a, a team of 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 those that capture this vision to uh, understand. Um, what it could be, and, and I love the analogy of marriage and creating a new DNA for the church. I, I think um, that's you know that's such a beautiful, hopeful you know statement that we can work towards. It's not a lofty thing. It's it's actually something that we can be diligent and um, again being co-creators and and just lean into the leading of of what I I truly believe God is already doing and just. Uh, wants us to, you know, be the, the son and daughter that, you know, follows in, in that, um, in that, on that path. Yeah. Well, I, for one, I'm really grateful that God brought you here and that you answered that call because there's so much happening as mm -hmm. I'm sure you're picking up in the body of Christ around this topic and related topics around entrepreneurship and the kingdom of God. And, you know, we've been, 
you know, I've been beating my head against this wall, you know, for the last two years, pretty much. And I think to have you come with your unique background, your unique gifting, your unique struggles, um, both unique and common struggles, mm. I think is just like, I, I always have the sense of like God is just moving the pieces around the chessboard. Mm. And, you mm. know, God's gambits are scary, right? He sacrificed mm. his son in order mm. to take out the enemy's king. And, mm. you know, there's a, a real sense that we are, you know, God is always encouraging to me with like these things that have been bubbling below the surface. Someone says, yeah, I am going to take this hill. This is the thing that God's put on my heart, and I'm not going to rest until I see this happen. Mm. And so, so for the final phase of uh, the podcast, uh, it's always ends uh, with me praying for our guests. And so I guess the two questions I have are, what are your biggest questions? And what are the next steps that you're hoping to take? <laughs> my my biggest questions. Uh, wow. I, I, um, that might have just opened up a whole other hour that I had to go offline <laughs> with. <laughs> I don't even know if I can articulate. You know, I, I think I'm in the spirit of this place of contemplation now or um, – and just being uh, still is like really important. Um, but I, you know, I think a, a big, a big question I have is, uh, it's just like, what, what is, what does fruitfulness look like here? Um, you know, like I, I don't, I don't question my self worth like I used to, or my, um, am I, am I enough? But you know, I, I think there's this when when you talk about passion it's really hard to cap that you know and 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 i think we have we we've we've kind of spoken elsewhere about the the need for sabbath um but um i guess the the question of that is just how, how do you live out a passion health healthy um in a healthy way um and and you know where where do you uh you know just get to a place where um you, you realize that, uh, you know, how, how do you separate your, your false self of, of your pride and your ego from your true self and your nature of, um, you know, who God has called you to be? Um, and so, you know, th those are some of my, I think, larger questions and um, that I would, I would kind of pose up um, in regards to, you know, praying for, uh, you know, I, I guess, I, you know, I'd ask for just to pray for a servant spirit in this. Um, I really am fixated on this idea of, 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 of what a model is and being a model and, and discipling. Um, I'd also just ask for prayer that God would just like call forth like um, those into the harvest in this. And so there'd be, mm -hmm. um, there'd be just this like uh, rekindling of, of, of the disciples that, you know, after Jesus came and, and saw them that they actually went out to the point of, of martyrdom and so I, I just pray for that that just fervent like um uh spirit um within within myself but also one that's you know as loving as a dove um so that those are those are the things that i would ask for that's great yeah when you're saying that i'm reminded of an article i read by a guy named eric barker uh he has a, a blog called barking up the wrong tree where he does research on basically uh life hacking how to have a productive uh, and uh, happier life. And he actually had a wonderful, brilliant synthesis of what makes for a good life. 
and he talked about how there's kind of three main schools of thought throughout history. One is that life's about pleasure, uh, you know, the Epicurean model. The other is that life is about mastery, hmm. uh, which is sort of the Stoic model. And the third is that the life is about meaning, which is kind of the Viktor Frankl model. Hmm. And he says, you know, the, but, you know, the full life, I think I talked about this in a previous podcast even, is all three in a dynamic balance pleasure, mastery, and service, and uh, mm-hmm. which I describe as happy, healthy, and um, uh, helpful, mm. and uh, mm. that idea of flourishing. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm sorry, I'm specifically praying for you, not lecturing, but the, uh, the idea is that, like, this is the life that we need, right, where mm. we are finding our joy and our peace and realizing that it isn't ours, us being happy and healthy in God and who he made us to be, that we are actually the most helpful. Mm. Because if we are insecure, if we are stressed, then that's going to be communicated to everyone else around us. And they're not going to be able to experience that kind of life that God wants them to do. And uh, uh, last thing before I pray is that uh, the uh, best definition I've heard of passion is it is the thing you are willing to suffer to achieve. Mm. You know, willing to die to yourself, willing to to take risks, and you know the, the the you know the passion of Christ being the most ultimate example, who basically you know gave up everything in order to redeem us. Mm. And so you know, and that's the thing that I've really you know as I've gone through this journey and my own string of failures and baggage is really trusting that God wants this more than I want this. That all the things that are really you know burning within me, that God really is the Lord of those. And if they're Mm. real, then he wants them even more than I do. And so Mm. I can relax and have peace in that. Um, But that, you know, I need to be ready that when he says, okay, now you need to commit to this. Now you need to invest in this, that I don't count the cost uh, because I've already counted the cost. It's like, okay, God, if this is what you want, you know, I'll do it. And if it's not, you know, and, you know, if you want me to do it for a time and then fail or do it for a time and then stop, I'm not going to get caught up in the thing. I'm caught up in the journey you are taking me on, knowing that if I am faithful to that journey, you will work everything else out in your time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let me go ahead and pray for you now. God, I just thank you for Brandon. Lord, uh, for the fires he's been through, the fire in his heart, uh, the fire that he's seeking to light in the church and here in Silicon Valley of bringing people into your kingdom and bringing people uh, to a place where they can both enjoy and spread your kingdom. Lord, I just feel like you've just brought a major piece onto the board and placed them right in the center because there's some territory you want to take back from the evil one. Uh, Lord, territories and strongholds that have crept into our churches and crept into our entrepreneurship. And Lord, I believe that you have brought him as a matchmaker, uh, Lord, to, you know, not just the marriage between the church and entrepreneurship, but marrying entrepreneurs to resources. Uh, marrying investors to opportunities, and marrying people to their calling. And Lord, I just pray that you would give him, um, you would fill him with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would just continue speaking the truth of your fatherhood and your love and your unconditional acceptance into his life. Lord, but that it would not be a static, uh, self-inward-focused picture, but it would be a chance 
for him to participate with you in your co-creation uh, of this world. Lord, you, you, you are bigger than us, but you choose to work through us, and you invite us to be co-creators with you of your kingdom here on earth. And I pray, Lord, that Brandon would just know uh, the delight of a child just working alongside his father um, and that, you know, he is responsible for his assignment, for, you know, listening to the father and doing it, but he's not responsible for the outcomes, that those are entirely in your hands and that he just needs to focus on being faithful and enjoying you and doing what he sees the father doing and that he can just see how you are already accomplishing the things that have been in his heart and that you are setting him up for success. Lord, I know a lot of uh, employment situations, uh, we, we have this big desire to do the right thing and succeed, but we feel frustrated by the leadership or the coworkers or the context or the lack of resources. And Lord, I pray that you would just be washing all that away. Lord, whatever it's his baggage from his past or difficulties in his present, Lord, that he would just feel uh, lifted up like a, a swimmer when the tide is with him, pushing him on, lifting him up towards the goal. And Lord, that he would have uh, ever-increasing clarity of who he is in you and of the change you want to make in the world and his part to play in that. Lord, I just thank you for the networks you've built, for the training you've gone through, uh, that he's gone through. And Lord, I pray that in this season where I really feel like your harvest is drawing near, that you would just give him extreme focus on being who you made him to be, that he would know what opportunities to say no to, he would know which things to delegate away to someone else, and he knew which things to just sink down and double down on that you're already doing in his life and in his ministry and in his church. God, I thank you surrounded him with such great godly men. I thank you for the pastor of his church, which I've met, and for the incredible openness to the new things God is doing. Uh, I just thank you, God, that we live in such a time and place as this, where we can see the worldwide body of Christ being mobilized to make radical changes in the church's DNA and to really um, outflank the works of the evil one, uh, who has built such principalities over the generations. Uh, where we have trouble even seeing what the right problems are. And I thank you that you're opening our eyes and you're purifying our hearts so that we can see you. Lord, as Thomas uh, asked, Lord, just show us the Father. And that's what we just cry out, Lord, for you, for you to show us your face, your fatherhood, your plans and your purposes more clearly so that we can journey with you and see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for your time. And I think this is a great next step. Uh, as you know, uh, I'll just put it out. We, uh, you know, we've started up a base camp project on church-based incubators and uh, there's lots more things happening down the road. So, you know, I will see you online and I'm sure we'll meet together again soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you, Brandon. God bless you too. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud.